The Permian Basin is an abundant oil and gas producing area. Already one of the world's leading oil producing regions, the area in West Texas and Southeastern New Mexico could nearly double crude oil production by the year 2023. But who are the leaders behind this economic powerhouse? And what is their story? This is Permian Perspective. I'm your host, Krista Escamilla. Today's show is sponsored by Baker Hughes, who recently launched a new and reimagined Baker Hughes brand. As an energy technology company, they strive to make energy safer, cleaner, and more efficient for people and the planet. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. So nice to be sharing this time with all of you. I'm sitting here today in Midland, Texas with James Durbin, the owner, co-owner, we'll get into more of that in just a minute, but co-owner of the Oil Field Photographer. James, thanks so much for being here today. My pleasure. Thank you. I'm so excited to hear your story and how you got started. But first, before we begin, I want to thank everyone who has shared our podcast with their friends, with their colleagues, with their family. We now have listeners in all over the US, Canada, UK, Australia, Bolivia, India, Spain, Mexico, the list goes on. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you that has shared it and helped grow our podcast. I also want to thank everyone who has taken a few minutes to leave a review in iTunes. We are so appreciative of these reviews and we will read them in a future broadcast like Dave's. Dave sent us this email. Dave said, thank you for sharing the stories of the Permian. I really enjoyed Dr. Perryman's recent podcast. I also enjoy getting to know all of your guests a little better. I've seen and met many of them around town. And to hear how they got to West Texas makes me appreciate each person's story even more. Keep up the good work, Krista. Thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate those kind words. And we're going to keep up that good work right now and start our podcast today with James Durbin. James, thanks again for being with us. Super excited. Tell me how you got into this crazy oil and gas industry. Well, I moved to Midland about seven or eight years ago, 2012, when the when the boom was just out of control and you couldn't find anywhere to live or drive anywhere. Right. And I moved out here to work for the newspaper the Midland Reporter Telegram, and didn't know anything about oil and gas, didn't know anything about really Midland at all. So it's kind of been a, a, a fast learning curve for me as I as I worked there and eventually went into business for myself. All right. And we'll talk more about that in just a moment. But you came from Illinois was your last stop. Is that where you went to school? Went to school in Southern Illinois. Okay. And I'm from St. Louis, Missouri originally. Okay. Very good. And did you study photography? Because your your photography is just incredible. It really is. And I, I'll tell you all where you can go see his photography a little bit later in the in the broadcast. But uh, you know, how did you get started in photography? Well, it's something I've always done, but I went to school for photojournalism and always worked in the news business for different newspapers just over the years. And, and my background is in, is in news and storytelling from a journalistic aspect, which may lend to why my pictures look the way they do. Because they really do. They do tell a story. And, and I have been a fan in of your pictures when they were in the MRT. And when you got that call to come to Midland, Texas, did you say, where? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> like most of us, right? You have to get a map out and look at it, unless yeah. you were born and raised here, of course. Then you made the transition. What have you loved most about being here since 2012? Well, I think it's a common theme. You probably hear people say, but the people out here and the opportunities that exist in West Texas are just astonishing a person can work as hard as they want to work and, and pretty much guaranteed to make something of yourself if you just if you just apply yourself and, and give it a chance and network with people. The opportunities just come your way and people want to see you succeed out here. 
Absolutely. I think that is definitely a common thread. So what made you decide to switch from the newspaper industry into being your own boss and starting the oil field photographer? Well, the newspaper treated me well and allowed me to start my business while I was still working for them because a lot of the connections that I made through the newspaper business, being at all these philanthropic events, a lot of the sports events, things that that people are are participating in connected me with with a great amount of people who would become my future customers. So they were very understanding and supportive as I as I struck out in my own time of course to to seek to produce some of these photos for those people. And eventually it just got to a point though where I was working full-time for myself and full-time afterwards for the paper or vice versa. And, and I really... That's what we call the side hustle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, the, it was... <laughs> the side hustle became the full-time yeah, hustle. Yeah. <laughs> I had to make a choice and it was it was a crossroads moment. And I, I don't think I could have done it any sooner than I did it, but it's been a great choice. And I, I have a lot more time to pursue my business. I have a lot more time with my family, which is important. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't feel quite as spread thin as I as I did when I was doing both at the same time. Nice. Now you mentioned your family. I know that you and your wife co-own the oil field photographer. I love meeting another husband and wife team because it really is fun because you can balance each other, you know, and help each other where needed most. What do you love about working with your wife? We work well together with our company because she edits my pictures. And uh, that gives me more time to be out shooting or to be running the business side of things, the books and making calls and answering emails. For me, I've always enjoyed shooting pictures and being creative in the field more than I've enjoyed sitting at the computer, going through them and, and, and turning back the final product. So when she expressed interest in learning to, to run the back end of our photo management uh, software and all that, I was, I was very excited. And, and she's done an amazing job. She came at it with a fresh point of view and and really she makes, she puts the finishing touches kind of on my shoots in a way that I think make them even, even better than what I would have done. Nice. So we do strive, we shoot everything right the first time around in camera, of course, but she, she's able to, to just give it, make them pop a little bit. I love that. The perfect partnership. So tell me, what do you look for in a, and when you're shooting a subject? What do you, what is it that catches your eye? Because I, I have seen so many different shots of a pump jack over the years, but yours do really stand out. So what is it you're looking for? Well, we do a lot of different photography for a lot of different oil and gas companies. Sometimes we're photographing people. Sometimes we're photographing equipment or people and equipment, but uh, we're helping companies promote their business and what they do that makes them special. So the number one thing when we go out in the field is we make sure that everybody that's that appears on camera is is following safety rules and is is has proper PPE on and is is promoting their company in a, in a good way because we have to produce a product that is very usable nationwide and everybody has to kind of play along and, and of course we all know everybody safety is important to everybody but sometimes mm-hmm. things slip up out in the field or you, you don't have you, someone might not have earplugs in or something like that so we we right. make we kind of have to look after everyone else and ourselves when, we, when we're in the field. So that's probably the first thing we look after just to make sure that everything that happens on camera is is, is able to be photographed and documented or, or video recorded. I love that. Safety then, first. Yeah, safety first. And and to that note, we, we you know, I do have a rig pass and I'm H2S certified and, and all that. So we, we do follow the same rules. Then after that, I mean, we get to be creative and, and look for 
first of all, what is it that sets your company apart? Why, why am I here to help you show your story? What do you do different? What piece of equipment do you have that is worth sharing that's better than your competitor? And so we really try and highlight that in a creative way. We, we try and shoot when the light is nice. Sunrises and sunsets are ideal. The golden hour is what golden, my kids tell yeah. me that is. They're, they'll be taking a selfie and they'll say, it's the golden hour. Yes. Yeah. You, got, you better, better be shooting something during that time That's because right. it, it doesn't last long. But for that reason, we do schedule a lot of shoots at sunrise. And that might mean we're leaving Midland at 4 a.m. to get to Kermit, you know, or Pecos or somewhere when it is time or before it's time so we can do safety briefings and all that and then get out in the field right. and start shooting. So. That's just the name of the game. And, and people out here are kind of used to that. Nobody really bats an eye when I say, you know, let's get out there at sunrise. People, people work hard out here and that's, that's fine. That is so true. Yeah. That, that really is. Well, you definitely have a great eye and, you know, the finished product is just amazing. Explain how you can help companies like these oil and gas companies that I know that you're, you're doing a lot of photography for. I know that you're showcasing them. Tell them how else you can help them. Well, we help companies put together comprehensive catalogs of the the equipment that they offer or the services they provide. And that's invaluable because you need to have salespeople who know what your products are and how they appear in the field and, and again, why they are better or different than the competition. So it really takes photos or video to show that. And a lot of companies out here are operating with with sort of iPhone type photos of, of what their what their services are. And, you know, they, we help them make that better. And then on another note, you know, companies oftentimes out here in, in Midland Odessa will, will give back to the community, sponsor events or do cookouts or clay shoots or golf tournaments. So we work with those companies to cover those events as well. And then with my news contacts from working in the business for, for several years, we help those companies get those events featured in magazines and newspapers, not just around the region, but, but around the state and, and around the, the whole country too. Fantastic. That really is a benefit to many companies here in West Texas. I see that you have traveled overseas as well to Africa and Haiti. When you were shooting over there, what were some of the differences between maybe shooting there and then shooting back here in West Texas? Well, it's about as different as you can get. I bet. <laughs> I would say working overseas definitely gave me a certain skill set to be able to operate in, in the field, translates well to operating in the field here, because in some ways I'm not a stranger to being in maybe a remote situation, needing to have maybe things like water and just, you know, basic supplies in order to, to maintain my time in the field or time on scene for the, for the customer. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, being able to operate in sort of stressful environments or being able to sort of roll with the punches, I guess you could say, when things inevitably don't don't turn out the way they're supposed to. I think that's what news teaches you, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to be able to go with the flow. Yep. I mean, we, the show must go on. Yes. And when you work overseas, nothing really ever happens, it seems like, as it's supposed to. And so when you then when you translate that to the oil field where we do have schedules on things, you're not surprised when a piece of equipment isn't where it's supposed to be or, or happen to move since the time that it was thought to be there. Right. So all that stuff happens. Right, it does. What is the most interesting thing that or person that you've ever photographed? <laughs> I this know it's a tough question, huh? <laughs> you know, it's so hard to say because I've photographed so many different things and, you know, not just commercial oil field photography. I mean, I've had so many great opportunities working in the news business. Um, in the last year, 
I got to go shoot the Final Four basketball tournament, the NCAA tournament, which has nothing to do with the oil field, but it's through my through your contacts. My, yeah, <laughs> and so that was a, a lot a once in a lifetime opportunity. I've been in the pits at Texas Motor Speedway photographing NASCAR. I photographed some of the most amazing emotional things I photographed is uh, officers' funerals. Had the chance to do that in the oil field. You know, getting to be the one that gets to see a new piece of equipment unveiled for the first time and producing that that marketing material that a company's going to use before anybody's gotten to see it mm-hmm. is is a neat thing to be trusted that way just to have the level of access that I get to have with companies and their equipment level of trust it's really that's that's thrilling because even though it may not be a certain piece of equipment or a certain technique may not be important to to everybody it's it's incri- it's critical to this company and they're trusting me to be the one to to show that off and so I really take pride in that well, you do a great job. I know because I tell my husband this because he's a photographer as well. And I can st- literally be standing right next to him and take a picture. It's the same picture that, you know, that he's taking. And then I look at the finished product and mine looks horrible. <laughs> and his looks great. I'm sure you've heard those stories where people say you captured something so beautifully that maybe none of us saw because we've been at the same events through the years together, you know, through through our news connections. But I'll be at the same event, but I'll see one of your pictures and I go, well, I, I didn't I didn't even think to focus in on that. How do you know to focus on what you focus on? Well, working in news definitely makes you get good. It's trial by fire. You know, mm-hmm. you you have to you have to produce every day, and, and what you produce the day before no longer matters the, the next day because you got to do it again and you got to do it better. So I'm always looking for those for those moments that are just sort of intimate sneak peeks into maybe somebody's life that they will let me into, and it translates well on the oil field because you know people people make the oil field go around it's that none of this would happen without them we're trying to automate more stuff all the time but it's still there's still a tremendous workforce out here and and people really just tell the story and drive my images you're 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 not often to find too many of my oil and gas pictures that don't have people sometimes sometimes when we're shooting equipment and stuff of course you know you, you will but i really want to be mindful of those interpersonal moments that that i think take a photograph to the next level because it adds authenticity and realism to it. Awesome. So say uh, Joe's Trucking Company needs some pictures and they're going going to reach out to you and give you a call. What's the number one question they usually ask you right off the bat? You know, most people ask me right off the bat, are you really in Midland? <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, because a lot of companies will will have be surprised that somebody's here doing this. You know, a lot of times before I was doing this, they'd have to fly in a photographer from maybe Dallas or Houston or Austin. And so when someone finds out that I'm here or, or it appears that I'm here, they will double check or they want to make sure, they want to make sure that I'm truly here and, and can do this job because it is kind of a niche market. But then let me think after that. What do I wear? No. <laughs> do they ever ask that? You know, I mean, sometimes they will ask, uh, you know they'll they'll want to make sure do you do you have fr clothes you know oh, and you tell them yes because yeah. i get them at reg id workwear no that's kidding. right that's right <laughs> i'm super happy to be promoting some new reg id stuff out <laughs> <Thanks. in the laughs> field. well thank you we appreciate you wearing it out there but no i think that's i think that's important to know questions because a lot of times people aren't sure like do i need this service and are you here because i think that is a great question and i love that people here in Midland want to buy local and 
They want to support local people. And I think that that is what's so wonderful is that, yes, you are, and you you and your family are here, and yet you produce this world-class photography. And I think that's that's probably why you get that question. Yeah. They're like, "Wait, are you sure you're? From, you know, people you're are here. companies are very used to to having to bring bring in photographers, and, and so I do work for a lot of companies that are based out of Houston or Austin or, or not even not even in Texas. But you know, they've had a huge hole in their material when it comes to their services in the basin, in the Permian Basin, just because they they really haven't been able to show it off maybe the way they can to their assets that are closer to Houston or, 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 or even Oklahoma or, or other Louisiana places that are just, uh, maybe there's more people doing photography, but right. even in those areas, you know, I think you're hard pressed to find someone who's, whose niche, whose specialty is commercial oil and gas photography. Right. So we do travel for that reason. We will have companies, you know, even if they're based in Houston, yeah. they'll bring us down there actually, or I go to Pennsylvania different places to, you know, to photograph whatever needs done equipment or, or, you know, sometimes a company will say, Hey, we're glad you're in Midland. We're going to have you do some stuff, but we really like the way our yard looks, you know, down in South Texas. So, you know, let's get you down there to shoot that. Wonderful. So you do travel yes. for sure. When, when you think of your business and where it is now and where you want it to go, where do you see it going in the next say 10 years? Well, we are expanding into some other markets outside of oil and gas as far as taking care of uh, photography needs for a lot of the youth sports teams and uh, high school booster clubs and things like that. I've started another company to just to handle that. Oh, great. And I have a few people working for me to help me shoot some of these different community events. Mm-hmm. But as far as growing the oil field photographer, we're doing a, a few more permanent type art installs and in company offices like corporate offices mm-hmm. where we'll be putting art in. We're, we're also doing some corporate headshots, some of the stuff that, that, some of the other stuff that's needed to help produce like a website, right? you know, such as your employee photographs and things like that. Did I read that you're doing drone work as well? We also okay. are expanding into that sector okay. as well and all of the challenges that that, that that brings up. But basically we're, we're open to, to whatever the industry needs. And right now, the common theme seems to be that that nobody really has their website or their marketing material where they'd like it to be. And maybe that's due to the pace that the industry grows. Yes. And maybe it's also due to the fact that the Permian Basin has kind of always been able to sort of do business with a handshake and sort of, you know, an agreement. And, and, and in some ways, people are maybe starting to gravitate towards wanting to see what something might look like or... Right. They want a handshake agreement and a website. <laughs> yeah. I think that's I think that's probably the future. And maybe yes. we're ten or fifteen years behind some other people, but well, as you said, it's such a fast-paced business, and and it's kind of a common theme here on the podcast. Everyone says they want something yesterday. Yep. And I think that's you know, sometimes the last thing you think of is your online presence. Yeah. But that is so important in today's world. It really is. So that you're online is as good as what you're producing yeah. for your customer. Yeah. So. I mean, the key is is always that you can sit down with someone and they will be able to tell you in words why what they do is the best. Right. But sometimes you want to see it. Right. So I have to ask you, because you are out in the field, you're you're out on the rigs, and you're talking to people every day. You came here during, during a, a boom time, right, 2012. What are the differences maybe in today's 2019 era compared to maybe the 2012 era? 
Well, during that time, I was just getting my feet wet with oil and gas, learning lingo, learning what even a rig was. I, I was probably first put on a rig for a newspaper shoot, you know, in 2012 or, or 2013 and didn't know anything. So, I, you know, it's it's hard to, I can tell you I've seen the technology evolve to to become safer. I see a lot more power tools being used instead of, you know, hands being on objects that that may be slightly dangerous, which believe it or not, actually lends to harder, it's harder to get photos now of people getting dirty, covered in oil, you know, those kind of iconic oil filled mm -hmm. photos we think about where yes. there's just like, you know, faces all dripping in, in oil. And it, because this, in some ways there, people are being better isolated from stuff like that. So, it, you know, that's, that's that's interesting, and and you're right. I I have noticed that you're exactly yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, we have splash shields around around the all the connections. There's mm -hmm. uh, power tools making the spinning the pipes. You know, when I'm right there on the scene and, and I see the guys go hands on, I really only have a few seconds to make a picture of of contact before the connection is made and and it's you know onto drilling. So I think that the I've seen the industry get way more automated in the sense of computer controls and 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 adding a little layer of insulation between the people. I've definitely noticed that over the years. And then just from a standpoint of living in Midland, it's way easier to get around and find a place to live and and just I think travel around in general than it was in 2012. It was just out of control. As you, as you know. Yes, as I do remember. What about the buzz on the street? Anyone talk? I know, I know it seems like things have maybe slowed down a little bit in the, in the last few weeks here, maybe not as busy. Are you seeing that out when you're out shooting and out and about in town? I see activity at as strong a pace as I've ever seen it. Good. And, good. you know, the rig count can do what it does and People can say what they say, and the news articles can read what they read. But mm -hmm. the, you know, they have to put something in them. I know because I worked, <laughs> I worked in the business. But you I know what? You. What you see when you drive down the highway, and you see a constant pace of activity, and you see new areas that have you know finally just been discovered, and now there's eight rigs clustered on it. You know, and I think I think that there's so much that goes on behind the scenes here. People who are spending their days researching where the resources are. I just, I feel very optimistic. I think I see stuff just plugging along. I love that. I couldn't agree more. I feel the same that what we're seeing, you just, you know, you hear little, little buzz here and little buzz there and you think, you know what, it's going to be all right. Everything's, everything's buzzing al along great. Yeah. <laughs> and you just got to keep on keeping on. So. That's it. Tell me, this is now going to get a little personal. <laughs> is there a business tool that you've used that has helped you be successful over the years? When you say business tool, do you mean like a computer program? Or? It could be anything. You know, for some people, it's it's the ability to pick up the phone and call somebody. For others, it's it is yes, a piece of technology. Just whatever that you, that you think has helped make you successful. I think the business tool that has helped make me the most successful, and that I continue to rely on even when things might be a little slow, is a community calendar of events mm. or scouring the different news companies or Chamber of Commerce's events yes. calendar and putting yourself out there with whatever is going on. You know, Even if it's something maybe that you're not totally interested in, but you know people will be at. Because keeping your face 
fresh and active and out in this community, which is what working for the newspaper did for me right. for so many years. So networking. Is, is crucial. And yeah, it's networking. But I think sometimes networking gets a bad spin. Like you could think that you're, you have to go to some young professionals meeting to network or you have to be messaging on, on LinkedIn to network. But I think networking, at least in Midland, Odessa, can be very genuine and in the sense of you are at extracurricular activities, concerts, festivals, mm-hmm. rest, even restaurants or open houses or chamber mixers, just staying fresh and in having your face out is probably one of the best tools that I've had because that's when you have a conversation with someone and say, you know what, I, we could use some, fo- you know, some photos, right? Or oh, I really like what you did here with this, or or something like that. And absolutely, and that is to me what working for the news did for me. And since I've left the newspaper and, and now on my own, I just I'm the one that puts myself out and finds things to do. There there really are a lot of things to do in Midland, Odessa. Mm-hmm. People may not always think so, but there's some ways to get plugged in. There's some great mm-hmm. calendars that you can follow. Yeah, the um, chamber for like you mentioned yeah. for sure. Yeah, the chamber. There's a automated text broadcast that you can sign up for. Yes. Through I believe through mode communications. Mm-hmm. I love. That. I always look forward to my Thursday te- text to see what's going on. <laughs> so the buzz on that is they. You know, I heard from them that they scour over a hundred or 150 or so events a week happening within driving distance of Midland, just to whittle that list down to about wow. seven or eight. Nice. And they include surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. But if you're not finding something to do during a week in Midland, Odessa, I don't think you're looking at all. Right. What's the biggest lesson you've learned in your career so far? <laughs> I told you I was getting personal. wow well the biggest lesson i think i've learned is to is to treat each opportunity as an opportunity to make something great and again working in the news business taught me that because i can't tell you how many things i've had to photograph or go to that on the surface were extremely boring to me maybe but they are important to the people who are there Right. And it could be everything to somebody that's there that you are there, that I was there. To make the most of every moment so and opportunity. Don't just breeze through it and get a few photos that are very pedestrian and move on. Take the time to 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 try and find the importance in it. And and you and I've been surprised many times how I've managed to make great connections either with people or through the lens at some, something that I thought was not going to be very interesting. Yeah, that's a good lesson. That is very good in any, in any business, whether it's photography, oil and gas, real estate. You're exactly right. Do you have a favorite book or a podcast you listen to? No. <laughs> Permian Perspective. Yeah. That is your favorite podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> favorite, no, no favorite books? Anything that's kind of stood out in, through the years? You know, I wish I I wish I had some advice to bestow on books or authors or things to keep up with, but I think I've always just tried to sort of vary my sources and I I do value like reading different news news organizations stuff, headlines. Um, okay, what's to, your favorite of that? Well, I like the Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. I like that Google News, the Google app sort of 
tailors things to what you might like, but it doesn't do it too much. And I, and, the, and I think that's incredibly important because I think nowadays news sources have become a bit of an echo chamber for people. They can, in the sense that they can only listen or follow something that reassures what they already think. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need to get hit with some things that you might not want to hear or you thought you knew about and it turned out you don't. And so I think that a news source that can show you things you're interested in, but also throw a few oddball things in about something that might be happening around the world or or maybe even something from from a certain subject that you thought you didn't like or agree with mm-hmm. can only help you be more well-rounded. Spoken like a, a true journalist. That's, that's it. <laughs> I love that. We could probably talk journalism for a whole other yeah. half hour. But I'm so sad that we're already running out of time because I had a lot more questions for you. But I have to ask you this. When you were coming into this this podcast, was there anything that you thought, oh, I hope I, hope I get that out to the listeners and I hope they get to learn that about me or my company? Well, I, I think I hit it. I don't think I miss anything. I will think of something later, I guarantee you. <laughs> You'll call but me and go, hey, can we add that in? <laughs> I know I wanted to talk about the Midland community. I know mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about being safety conscious from a photographic perspective. And, you know, I, I think that I think that I cannot speak highly enough of what this community, Midland, Odessa, this area, West Texas in general, can do for you if you have a an idea of something you want to pursue. And sometimes I didn't even have this idea to be the oil field photographer when I got out here. And it took a long time to develop. People pushed me in a sense to be more, mm-hmm. you know, than the newspaper photographer, which was a great job, but to be my own boss, mm-hmm. you really, I never would have, I never would have thought that when I moved out here. But that's how great West Texans are. They encourage each other to be Absolutely. the best they can be. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. It has been such a pleasure. Let everybody know how they can find you on social media because I know there's somebody out there that needs your pictures. Thank you. Yes, we are on Instagram at the Oilfield Photographer. And uh, we're on LinkedIn under the same name. We are the, I am the Oilfield Photographer. So if you type it in, you will find me. Fantastic. Yes, of course, have a website as well. And I will put that all in the show notes. James, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to sit and visit and get to know you more than just as a colleague in the news business. And so I really appreciate you sharing your story and we wish you and your wife much success for the oilfieldphotographer.com business. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Well, it's now time to announce today's community MVP, Apache Employees in Midland, assembled recently for personal care packages for troops at home and overseas as part of the USO's force behind the forces campaign. So thank you, of course, to Apache for doing this. And a huge thank you to our servicemen and women who sacrifice so much to protect our freedom. We really appreciate you. Another special thanks to Baker Hughes for sponsoring Permian Perspective. We really appreciate your sponsorship and love the new look of Baker Hughes. Maybe you've noticed Baker Hughes recently launched a new and reimagined Baker Hughes brand. As an energy technology company, they strive to make energy safer, cleaner, and more efficient for people and the planet. And so Baker Hughes, thank you so much for supporting this podcast. And of course, thank all of you listeners for taking the time, whether you're driving to work, you're out on your run, or maybe you're in your office just taking a break eating lunch we appreciate you spending this time with us here at permian perspective and remember i'd always love to hear 
from you either by email or on iTunes and let us know what you love about the podcast or if there's someone you'd like to hear from. This concludes this episode of Permian Perspective, the story behind the oil and gas leaders in the Permian Basin. So just remember my motto, dream big and believe in yourself. You make it a great day. Hey guys, we have a couple of OGGN events on deck for the next month. OGGN's next Houston Happy Hour will be on October 29th at the Cannon from 4 to 6. As always, a portion of the proceeds will go toward Redeem Ministries to fight human sex trafficking. At this happy hour, we'll be discussing the process of taking a startup from simply an idea to obtaining the first purchase orders. The panel discussion will include Saudi Aramco Ventures, Shell Ventures, NOV, SCF Ventures, Eternal Energy, and Well Diver. Our next Denver happy hour will be on November 6th. Come join us for food, drinks, and a live podcast that we will announce at a later date. A portion of this event's proceeds will go to local charities Safe House Denver and Oil Field Helping Hands. Okay, now to the events on deck. The Tomorrow Leste Oil and Gas Summit 2019 will be on October 3rd through 4th in Dilly, Tomorrow Leste. The SMRP third quarter West Houston chapter meeting is on October 3rd at 11:30 in Houston. This event will cover the topic: Are your PMs preventing or causing failures? IPAA and TIPRO are hosting their Leaders in Industry Luncheon on October 9th in Houston. On October 14th, the Canon will be having a Disruptive Energy Workshop. The API Golf Tournament will be held on October 14th, 2019 at Kingwood Country Club. And as of right now, there are some spots still open, so be sure to check their website and register your team. The 2019 Operations and Process Technology Summit will be on October 14th through 16th in San Antonio. The summit will cover maximizing your molecular advantage, practical solutions for today, forethought for tomorrow. On October 24th, OGGN's very own Mark LaCour will be speaking at Tech to Market in Shreveport, Louisiana. The Balkans Petroleum Conference will be held on October 24th through 25th in Budva, Montenegro. The summit is the official event for the Balkans oil and gas industries. Lastly, the George H. Bush Conference this year will be on October 28th through 29th in Houston. Honoring President George H.W. Bush, the Bush-China Conference brings together Americans and Chinese to discuss critical bilateral, regional, and global issues and to generate innovative recommendations for advancing the relationship. Tune in next week for another episode of Permian Perspective, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at www.oggn.com.